Do you think? Can you imagine being a psychiatrist for someone that had Star Wars collectibles? Yeah, that would be pretty good as a psychiatrist to sit down with someone and you know after after two or three sessions, you're like, look, I don't know what exactly we're gonna do to fix your mental health yet, but I do know that you need to throw these fucking Funko Pops in the bin. I'll be like, hey man, I don't want to. I know you're six, but figurines for an adult? <laughs> <laughs> do you think that might be? That might be blocking you. What I want you to do is bring your Pokemon cards in next time because I'm going to fucking burn them. <laughs> do you think that'd be blocking you? that might be blocking you, the fact you've got a He-Man collection? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. Even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best What the fuck? What are we going to do? We've run out of material. This is the official end of the pod. Oh, no. Again, this happens all the time. Ah, no, no, I um, I, I don't know what I was saying. Ah, oh, ah. Oh, you were we, telling me gone. something. What were you, what were you saying? Well, eventually, you know, like with verbal diarrhea, eventually it clears, clears up. You get a modium. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, it's all dry now. I've said everything. Imagine if you had someone like that that would just talk forever. And then one day they just become aware. And they're like, oh, I guess I've sort of said everything now. There's a rock, there's a tree. And then one day they just go silent and go like, maybe just stop. That's where I'm at right now. Maybe it's time to stop. It'd be the end of the whole oh. thing, man. Oh, dude, what I was saying was um, it's so much. Oh, no, uh, it hasn't tink- There we go. It's back. <laughs> it's, it's so much tinkering with these wires because I'm not wearing headset this thing's balanced on a stick. It's very much, you know, like you see on TikTok when people do those balancing acts where like the ball. Yeah, they've got a jug and a stick and it's all, there's a TV on top. That That is basically my entire setup. It's like pickup sticks. I've got the phone balanced on a, on a bookcase and then a string hanging my mic. Uh, there's a wire wrapped around my neck. There's a pillow to get me the right height. I'm like, <laughs> don't move. And it's, it's like um, there was a place, I remember on a gig, there was, uh, you did a country gig and there was one post that people could call from and people were lining up and it oh, was a yeah, weird... Oh, yeah, trying to get reception, right? It's a weird line for, to talk and they'd go like, stand near the big oak tree. If you hold this uh, part of the leaves, you'll get uh, one one bar. And you can go, I miss you, hon. No, we're not drinking here. No, I'm safe. I love you. And then people, it's almost like a prison phone. Get off. You've had enough time on the oak palm. You're on the oak tree. You've held the, the root. Now, you know you're living in a pretty miserable small town or regional area when there's, like, major infrastructure is only available in a small, like, square by square, like, one square meter area where people are lining oh, yeah. up to get to. But do you know what's so funny about it? So they climb up. None, all of it belies technology because it just doesn't make sense that one meter of geography it somehow got the reception. Like, I don't understand signals, but the fact that a metre to the left and a metre to the right, maybe it's a height thing, but I'm like, why couldn't you get to that height on a stepladder? <laughs> like, I'm like... But it's basically this whole setup, right? Because you know what happened? The sound died yesterday. And you know what's amazing? That, that Chinese woman that fixed it for me, I realised she hadn't done anything. 
she just jimmied things into my locks. Yeah. So then I was sitting in my car and I was like, I went to the illegally drove to potentially get the phone fixed. <laughs> and then I was, I was biting my nails before I went in and I go, what would happen if I just like took this nail clipping and started using that in all the sockets? So I used like equivalent to a toenail. And then I was like, oh, this one hole. Oh, I'm poking. It's like a scab. It breaks. It breaks apart. It's fucking crusted over. There's no problem with the phone. The phone's dirty. I picked the scab open. I'm like, oh my God, that entire hole is now clear. And then I'm like, what about these other holes? I'm pulling. There's weird, like, you know, like in someone's belly button hole. Dude, I was just about to say, I had a phone once where like the, uh, the mic wasn't working. Like you'd plug headphones in and you couldn't make calls properly. Yeah. And for six months, I'm like, I need to get a new phone. This is fucked. Sometimes it would yeah. sound awful. And then I had a, I had a toothpick uh, one time and I thought, what, yeah. what if there's, what if there, like it's been in my pocket for a while. What if there is something? And man, I just started pulling like lint, just lint. Oh, dude. Like a meter of lint comes out of this fucking headphone It's jack. like belly button lint. And the, it worked perfectly. It was, no, it was no problem. I had just been linting out of my pockets. Dude, 100%. And then you, you, you've like, oh, I've been yelling at people. I'm having sort of dissociative thoughts because of the sound. And it's just lint in there. But um, <laughs> it's fucking, it's a bit like earwax. Because you can pick at the ear. I've, I've gone to a doctor and had a needle put in. Nothing's come out. Mm-hmm. And then randomly they go, no, nah, there's did, nothing Wait, did in- they get the thing with the camera? No, no camera. Was it per, uh, hydrogen peroxide? Oh, no, no, but they'll do like the syringing of it. Right, right. So they just squirt stuff in there. It's not that cool one where they get the camera and they go into yeah, it. Yeah, but none of it, none of it's logical, right? Because then it's like a day later you're just driving in your car and you put a, a, like your finger in there and go like, <laughs> and then you're like, what the fuck? There's a ball as big as my brain should be. Where'd this come from? It's, it's impossible. Oh, dude, I've got a weird uh, client referral. Right. I, I just saw it pop up on my screen. It was like, hey, mate, please, can you help me out? There's a client looking to invest money, but in a very panicked fashion. Listen, listen, you <laughs> need you to pick mean? up. Well, I've been ha- getting multiple messages. I need to plow in some money. I need it f- ASAP. Please call me. And I'm like, is this ASIC, like investigating? He's like, I just got a message then. Please, I need you to help me. ASAP. I'm like, dude, I'm not helping you repay your drug debt by trading in the next three hours. Like, I'm like, I don't know how desperate you are. That sounds like it has to be laundering, right? Oh, dude, he's, he's, he's messaged. I don't want to give the specifics. It's quite a sizable amount of money. Right. And he's saying, I want all in. And that, the last message then was, hey, please, can you help me? <laughs> Urgent, I need to trade. I need to triple my money or I'm gonna, my kid's going to be uh, shot in the back of the head. I don't know what's going on. But I'm like, it sounds like my dream client, but I don't really... I'm sick of clients. I don't want to get to know them. But why, why, hold on, why, do you, why do you want to take this money, man? This, this, is, a, this is a freebie. No, but I just... I don't... I, I've, I've now basically moved beyond clients. I've had such an epiphany in my own mind. That my preference is to earn money. If you're truly a good trader, you just make it yourself. I've still got some clients, but I'm like, I don't really want to. It's not worth the money to get to know their middle, their name. I'm like, oh, how's Susie? <laughs> I'm like, I'd rather be poorer than have to go. Oh, has Susie still got diabetes. Did she enjoy Thailand? I'm like, no. 
I would rather never interact. I don't want to know any more non-playables. But this guy wants to, uh, like, launder a half mil really quickly. I, uh, look, I need to respond to him. I actually do. You need, to, you need to respond to him and you need to get him on the hook. I want to know what happens. To, to be honest, I had issues responding in the last few days because my phone was blocked <laughs> up with earwax. <laughs> I, I didn't even know. Dude, I... But I was saying, do you not find it funny like how things just accumulate against the understanding of logic? Like mm. earwax, the amount of wax that accumulates, that's like nine years worth. And I'm like, where does it hide? It's the equivalent. You know what? Someone should do a stand-up bit on this. What happens to the socks <laughs> in the washing machine? It's like they're making a pact and disappear and they reappear. <laughs> Seinfeld should do a bit on this. I think he's got a bit. Seinfeld's got a bit. On missing socks. Can you imagine when you used to do comedy and it was possible that you would go, what's with the socks? There's always one missing. Do they run away? Is it like Toy Story? They just, they, they move? I'm like, can you imagine that Seinfeld, pre-fame, wrote that and had a semi-hard on going like, I am going to be fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> that is his, 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 his uh, pure little weak brain. That he's written that on a notepad and goes like, his parents are like, Seinfeld, are you going to do dentistry? Why are you dropping out? And he goes, I'm sitting on a rocket. Yeah, mum. <laughs> I have spotted some shit happening in socks. I've spotted some shit happening on aeroplanes. The, the first class people look smug when they get on the plane. What's with that? You line up, you get a toothpick. Where'd you put it? You know, when you get a durfs and you get a kebab stick, who's, where are you meant to put those? You're left with them. You're lingering. What's with awkward conversations? I don't like talking to strangers. I'm covering it all off. I'm Seinfeld. I'm spotting things. What a autistic freak. Dude. But observations are so good, man. Observations make you feel good. Oh, they, they, bring, they bring community together. And that's really what it's all about is community because we, we lack community now. Oh, dude, 100%. They're just like me. But you know what's funny is what, we've said it a lot in the pod. Once you realize that all of stand-up is mental health or autism, you just see it for what it is. Because I was watching a clip. Someone sent it to me and I'm like, yeah, this is the rain man. Do you know what I mean? And people are howling and it's like, so I'm on the train and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. and I'm like, it's clear autism. It's not funny. It's sad. <laughs> and it's disgusting that you're laughing. It's punching down. To laugh at a mentally unwell person is to punch down. It's incorrigible. That's why I never laugh at these acts. I'm like, you need to go and seek help. They come off stage, did you love it, Wolfie? I'm like, you need to go and seek the help you so urgently need. You need to address your autism and your Asperger's. You've got issues, dude. You shouldn't be fucking parading a fucking problem like this and getting laughs. It's, it's equivalent to doing your parents. Oh, me crazy. You know when your mum? Me love you, mama. Do you know when people do the... <laughs> <laughs> Whose parents are that? What do you oh, think? Oh, every, every, every immigrant's parent, that their parents risked it all, left their home warring nation, worked their ass off driving Ubers, 
And then their little spoiled Nepo mm, child. Your Nepo baby. Goes and gets a laugh because the mum hadn't picked up the accent because she was 49 when she came over on the what fucking I think boat. With that, what I think with that is like, essentially, you're a refugee. You've come over on a, on a door and uh, like you've given up everything. So why not give up the last little thing you have left, which is your dignity, so your son can get some laughs on stage? Oh, dude, unbelievable. So you, you travel over and you're like, doctor, lawyer, and then to see, <laughs> to see your son on the Melbourne Gala going, oh, bolt sinky, bolt sinky. <laughs> and everyone like... <laughs> She doesn't even know. She doesn't even understand Australia. <laughs> She's a fucking alien. What more do you have to lose, man? It's perfect. Dude, and you basically treat your mum like uh, E.T. fly home. <laughs> E.T. phone home. And they're like, what a loser. She gave me everything. <laughs> buy my hat, buy my book. You fucking prick. You fucking prick. Dude, anyway, you know what's so fun about attacking people is everyone like you attack comedians and they think it's about them, but it's so prolific that it applies to almost everyone. So there are a lot of people going like, what the fuck? He's talking about my closer. In the same way that like an observation uh, on stage can get everyone on board. Yeah. Uh, your observation about the, the, the perils in comedy and the, and the, and the traps that people fall into are so ubiquitous that people like yeah. they, they relate too hard, you know. Oh, dude, and they get real. They get real offended. It's the same as like people going, "Oh, that happens to me at the supermarket." Everyone's oh, dude, going like, oh, I, "I tell a joke like that." It's like, man, you all tell a joke like that, dude. And then so I go in a green room and it's stone silence, and it's because everyone's festering over the the attack I supposedly <laughs> made on their act. They're like, you know what you said. You know that I had that in my special. <laughs> like everyone's got it in their special. It's not a personal attack. It's just commentary on the commentary. What's with commentating on commentating? Do you think that any of your bits escape the tropes? Nah, it's all tropes, dude. The only thing that that beats it is is why anti-comedy is so popular or hate crimes. <laughs> Ironic hate crimes where you yell... Something like, ah, uh, fucking, what, the thing you keep deleting and, and beeping out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you basically, ironically, as a white guy, leaning into misogyny or racism. Some hard N-words. But that's not getting laughs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a classic. It's not getting laughs, but it's a, it's a long-term... Yeah, I don't know, dude. What, what else is... There was something I was going to say that was so good. Yeah. But I'm, I don't remember it. I bet it was, man. I bet it was a great bet. We would have been able to clip it out, put it online, blow up, go this huge. This is the new favourite favorite thing is to just... Um, when you're riffing and you don't have much, is to just say, oh, oh I, had, I, had I wish I had spoken. Uh, <laughs> I had such a good thing really about... Really slam the brakes on. You know when you're on a plane and there's a sense of smugness from the first class? <laughs> We've got to do an observation. Maybe if you worked a little harder. Maybe if you worked a little harder. And then pause like a psychopath and hold that look of confusion. <laughs> That's what I loved. He said the best. Like, what a fucking autistic fuck. He goes, hey, once you finish a bit, stay in that emotion like a sociopath. So if you're looking confused, they're laughing. You just stand and look confused for one minute as they clap. What? Disbelief. Maybe you'd worked a bit harder. 
That is the work of a fucking serial killer. Dude, so many of these people, do you know what I realise? Are serial killers. They're Ted Bundy with an arm cast with flowers. What's happening is these people are sick fucks, these comedians, and they found a way to lure bitches into their V-dub. By, by sanitizing their mental health. So you go in and go, ha he's a laugh. I'm like, he's a fucking sociopath. Seinfeld should have been a serial killer. He's, he's Cosby. You can smell it on him. He is Cosby. He obviously had that underage woman that he, he you know, he groomed in the park. That's a great one, man. Three days before her birthday. Three you days. Know? Like, that's the kind of luck we can all only dream of. And one thing you know about Seinfeld is he's so scheduled and regimented. You don't think he was counting that down on a calendar? He would have had he would have had a stopwatch. He's got a big calendar with everyone's birthdays in New York City following him around. He popped that Viagra 45 minutes while she was still technically <laughs> illegal. <laughs> Dude, but the thing is, I just think across the board, stand-ups are sick, depraved people. I don't think they're they're nice. Yeah. So what's going on with that? <laughs> what's with that? <laughs> Why are these sick to brave people getting money? <laughs> what's with that, Jerry? <laughs> That's a bit in a bit. <laughs> Dude, this is a new bit. You know, inside, inside uh, comedy is the worst, and that's all our pod is now. Just talking about comedy. A lot of anger about what's been happening the night before. <laughs> oh, mate, I... Um, well, the thing is, I haven't been leaving the house much. I haven't done much in the last... I've got... My, my dad drives me... Oh, dude. The, my, your parents are driving you now as well because... Man, how disappointing. What, what happened when you came home and you were like, Mom, Dad, a, a, like a little bit... Honestly, it's not going to be that bad in the, in the scheme of what's been going on the past 15 years. But I have lost my license, so I am going to need a lift to the mall. No, I, it's all how you frame it. To me, I'm in like the movie Driving Miss Daisy and they're sort of coloured people driving me around and I sit with a hat and I build rapport with them and they drive around. No, no, but the thing is I actually, I've put my licence in another name. I've changed the address of the vehicle. I'm like, I'm bulletproof. I'm a ghost on the road. But the problem is... <laughs> yeah, except that you're swerving into the oncoming lane screaming. Yeah, but... They, their risk profile, I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a phantom out there. I've masked everything. I said, I can drive with impunity. I am the original fucking Ned Kelly. But the problem is they've got a low risk the Ned profile. Ned Kelly of illegal driving. They've got a risk profile. They tell me every five minutes, you're going to get caught. Just let us take you. And I'm like, it's equivalent. They do the rottenest swim here. And um, I said, I've risk assessed, right? They're risk of sharks. And every time I lift my head, you yell, shark. Shark, I'm like, you're fucking doing my head in. I said, if I knew you guys were going to badger me about the fact I flagrantly disregarded the law, I wouldn't have taken this option because I could have got a good behaviour. But now every time I get in my vehicle, I see them peering from the curtains going, (laughs) ah. And I go, okay, well, come out and drive me then. You can drive me. It's it's so, so, um, do you know what? It's actually great being driven. (laughs) Initially, you're ashamed but then you're like, oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, live. I'm, I'm, I'm checking my stocks. I'm doing emails. And there's just this other human just driving for me. And then occasionally I chip in. I go, oh, I would have gone right there. What are you doing? What? Which way are you going, you dumb? Ah, 
Ah, you're parking like a bitch. What's going on? <laughs> Where'd you learn to parallel park at a fucking old woman's home? What the fuck's going on here? You're an idiot. <laughs> I, you know what I did? The most emasculating move. My dad parallel parked. I wasn't happy with it. So I got in and, oh. and redid it. And I, Because my brother and other people would do that to me. And I thought, I wonder if you're aware in your psychology that you're emasculating them. And I'm like, you are. If you take the car and go, give it to me. And then park it while they stand and watch you. It is a very demoralizing thing to do it to a human. And it is, it powers and lifts you up. But you shouldn't do that to someone if you've got any, any kindness in you. How often do you have them driving you around? Well, I'm actually Ubering a lot. And then also none of it adds up. Because they, they drive me today. But then the other day I went missing the whole day where I drove around Perth with impunity everywhere i left in the morning and came back about 10 at night and i'd been in the vehicle the whole time driving <laughs> everywhere but then suddenly we get all ginger and we're like ah yeah you do the school drop but what i'm planning to do is i've managed the risk i won't give in the full scam because obviously if uh, i get caught i'll need to try conceal what's happened but yeah. there's some issues wait you found a loophole for uh for driving without your license with a suspended license all right dude i've got all loopholes do you know what i've done which the ultimate loophole, which is beyond this, is the vehicle's now registered in my company name and you don't get demerits if you don't well, assign that's, it man, to Man, that's individual. what I was saying before about uh, when you brought this up. I said, why don't you have yeah. the company do it so you don't get the points? Well, what's been amazing is you told me that, I forgot that, and now I'm claiming genius and go, oh, okay, I found a loophole okay, in the okay. system. So, so this is another instance of me coming up with a thing oh, yeah, and yeah. then you're repeating it back to me later like you came up so, with. So the story now is I'm like, like a cornered rat, I only had a few chips left on the chessboard and I found a loophole, a company veil. The corporate veil will protect me from the demerits. Checkmate, never corner a wolf. But the problem with that is now that you... Yeah. It would have been fine before because you could have had you could have just paid the money and not gotten the points, but you've yeah, lost yeah. your license now. So, like it's it's it kind of works, but it's a it, it needed to happen before, right? That's- oh, hundred percent. But the thing was, I uh, I transferred the car way before the suspension, like as in months ago. Yeah, yeah, but like I mean, what I mean is you can't uh, you can't put a child behind the wheel of a company car and it's like, well, there's no, oh no, there's no, no, hundred percent, it's a company car, pro- so it's fine. The other problem is uh, with the uh, the number plate recognition. What you realise is the police. Everyone thinks they get unlucky. There's yeah, few- but they've got like a camera in the police car, which is scanning that everything all it. the time. So I love it. I see on the Reddit forums going, you would never believe it. Just a quick duck down to the local shops to get some Jack Daniels. I'm flagged. I'm, I'm, I'm the world's most unlucky guy. I'm like, hey, um, we're not in the 1940s. I think you should look at it. number plate recognition technology, which is in every patrol vehicle. It would have just been like Mr. Whippy. Boo, 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 as you're going down. Man, what do you need to do to get one of those uh, breathalyzers like, hooked up to the ignition in the car? How do you, how do you get one of them? Oh, dude, you can get them. They're about two grand. I, I actually need one because I, um, my, I've, it's what I was saying with the good behavior when I spoke to the lady. I'm like, this is by nature going to get this, this type of reckless driver because you can, 
<laughs> you can have a good behavior bond. The type of person that's going to drink drive, go, yeah, I'll speed home. Who needs seatbelts? Is the same person that's going to go, oh, no points. If I don't get any points for a year, I don't actually get suspended. Yeah. That'll work out. You had the option to take uh, take the good behavior. Is that right? Dude, I had a, I could have had a year, but then what I said to them is I said, I am now, McAvey taught me to not follow my own brain because it's a it's a monkey. <laughs> and I wait, said, you, in- you, you opted to not go for the good behavior for you. How long is the license suspended for now? No, 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 only three months because what I what I worked out is I realized by design. My instincts would tell me to take that gamble. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. But the, problem with, the problem with that is, like, the offer itself is a it's a witch test. It's like a we'll yeah. throw them in the water. Because if you say, well, I'll, like, nice try, judge, but I'm yeah, not yeah. going to take that because I, I, like, I only want three months. He'll go, well, then we know. If you, if, you, if you can't promise to drive well for a year, yeah. we know not to give you the license back at all. Uh, dude, like, that should be the thing. If, if, if the person doesn't take the good behavior thing, they go, well, you cu- the, we're cutting this up, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, dude, but can I tell you what that, what's amazing is at least I've got to a level of my psychology where I knew like a rat in a test, I was like, Oh, my instincts are telling me take the take the gamble, take the gamble, and I suddenly realised, oh, that's because, like you said, the witch test, because I'm almost inevitably going to rack up points. So I'm like, I see your move, and I I double blind you, motherfuckers, suspend me. <laughs> Three months is better than six. I win. But it doesn't make sense as an offer for them because you're supposed to not speed and drink yep. drive yeah. all the time. Not for three months. That's almost it's almost validating the uh uh like yeah, the alternative because it exists. How how cause my move though, I had a better one because I go like, hey, how about I make my own double or nothing? Which is <laughs> I'll take the suspension, I'll make a few alterations to my vehicle, and I'll drive nonetheless. The ultimate Russian roulette, motherfuckers. Catch me if you can. I'm drink driving everywhere. I've just got tape over my plates. No, I don't really, but something like that. So what happens if you were caught uh, driving with a suspended license now? Well, what would happen is what happens to all people with bipolar. Things escalate. <laughs> Suddenly I pull a shotgun from the, the dash and it's death by cop because I start doing headshots and going, you'll never take me alive. I'm holed up. I've got a pensioner. I'm in the house. I'm taking suddenly doing headshots from the side of the, the property and I'm like, it should never have been like this. I just, if I hadn't taken that initial inside tip and lost the Nedlands house, it would never have spiraled like this. I'm now manufacturing methamphetamine from a fucking duplex because I just won't lose. I'm like, this is getting worse and worse. I've shipped in cocaine across the border. It's just going to get worse and worse. And then I'm like, I don't know why I'm in human trafficking. It all started with one bad tip on G88 and my ego not being allowed to have the humility to take a loss. <laughs> and before I know it, I've got a tent, I've got a dustbin on my head, cut out, I'm Ned Kelly, and I'm like, you'll never take me alive, you fucking scum-sucking cunts. And they're like, oh, that's what happens to bipolar. They, they push you and your risk profile makes it escalate and escalate and escalate. Mm. All they need to do is... Accept my delusions, 
reward me, <laughs> give me the accolades I deserve and give me money and they'll have a lovely guy. They go, you know what, come in and help yourself to a cocktail at my house. Hey, you Come, I'll, I'll be handing out fucking beach balls to the homeless on Christmas Eve or whatever the fuck they want. But you know what I mean? They've pushed me. Josh, push this in the records. When you see me on Channel 9 News, news with a wheelie bin over my head with eyes cut out, you know what happened. I was caught dri- driving because I, I the, the number recognition thing was better than I realised. <laughs> They're doing a new thing in New Zealand where um, you can be pulled over uh, and breath tested. And if it's, a, if it's above a certain uh, threshold, uh, you get a fine. Uh, and then, but you don't, it's, but it's not a drink driving. It's like a, you were almost drink driving. Oh, dude, that's what happened to me, right? Because remember I dropped the down. I only ended up getting a points. Like I didn't get a suspension. I got three points and a wrap on the knuckles. Yeah, yeah. But that's like you blew over in the car and then they, ha- yeah. but they have to have another test. So it's like legal, right? Yeah. Yeah. But this is, this isn't that. This is like. You, I don't know the fucking the numbers, but it's like a oh, you blew over like point oh two, so you were almost drink driving. So we're gonna give you a fine, but that's it. But then if you blow over a point oh four, they're like, well, now you're drink driving. But it's like a, it's a punishment for something you almost did. They're like, no, naughty, you're like, you're a bit close, dude. This is what I gave because a lady had a, a a housewife, like a family, had an argument because they obviously find me repulsive, and my, with my ideas of speeding and drink driving, mm. and they were like, what do you need to realize? It's those speed limits are there for a reason. You hit a kid, you could, you know what I mean? Like the because I think I, I saw a Reddit chat and there had been a report of a an, a man with two kids running riding helmetless near the coast coast to watch. It was definitely me. I was on an ele- electronic bike going about ninety with my kids. What are you behind. talking? When was this? About a few weeks ago. They're going like sick of it. Saw some fucking asshole going on the coast, no helmet, on an e-scooter sort of bike with his kids. I'm like, two kids in, in tow, no helmets. But what I, you know what? I, I beat them on the argument, right? Because they said speed limits are for everyone. And then they go like, you hit someone at 50. And I was like, I'm like, but what about this, right? The speed limits affect our ability to get to hospitals. So I said, so say my son gets bitten by a snake. Your fucking conservative thing means I can't get to the medical centre in time because guess who's doing 40 fucking Ks? You bitch. You killed. Because they always have that idea, right? If you go 60, you're going to kill. 60, you'll kill my kid. And I'm going, 40 kills my kid. He's been bitten in the dunes by a snake. I've got, I, I, I'm f- two minutes away from saving his life. But because you have make me drive 30 Ks through the suburbs, you kill my son. And then she goes, you killed my son. And she goes, you killed my theoretical son. I'm like, you killed my theoretical son who was bitten by a snake and couldn't get to a medical clinic because of your ridiculous speeds. And I didn't want to risk it, did I? So I went 40 Ks the whole way to the medical clinic. We could have done 60. And you're lying. Why the, the speed limits change the whole time, faster and slower. What I'm saying to you is they can be a dead child on any hypothetical scenario. You <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it's a really bad argument, man. Like, it's an argument that doesn't work. But My argument? Yeah, it's not good. But how... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? I'm saying to you, do you know how many deaths happen because you can't tra- tra- traverse... 
the suburbs in, a, in an efficient manner because of fake speed limits. Well, I would like to know how many deaths uh, happen. That's well, like- my son almost died from a venomous snake bite. <laughs> it's a hypothetical son. But I would like to know how many people uh, have, have clipped kids when they have a medical emergency and they have another kid who's about to die in the car. Yeah. Like what's, what's that number? Someone, sh- a comic should do a bit about it. You know what they should do is how driving slow by the school makes you look like a pedo <laughs> or it's natural selection or you'd have a good one if you clip the kid at 40, you probably put him in a wheelchair. Better to put him out of his misery at 100. He ends up on a fucking straw. That is, Andrew, Andrew Lee had a, had a bit about... Uh, Dude, I'm joking. This, this bit has been mined for years. This is the no, Seinfeld... No, no, it's a more simple... It's a good bit. It's, a, it's, it's, not, it's not the slowing down pedophile. No, nah, it's one. bullshit. It's a, like, oh, 40 limits is a, a school zone. Like, it's good that we found the appropriate speed to hit children at. Like, we know what speed... Is the best speed to hit a kid. Oh, dude, that's the because other people have like that's how much semen comes out. Pedophile, yeah, yeah, van. Yeah. Do you know what's amazing is watching minds, collective minds, workshop a handful of premises. Almost like everyone's suffering from autism, and they go, "How many? <laughs> what permutation can I find?" On these six topics that everyone talks about. Losing your partner, divorce, dead dad, and then aeroplane shit. <laughs> dead dad. Everyone's got a dead dad. Who cares? Can, man, can we can we take five? Because I really need to I need to take a shit. No, 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 no. We're on a good thing here. We're on a sure thing. That's why I want to stop it here because we are on a good thing. We can come back to it. You know what's been the worst? Is you've been a- including the edits. Of me narrative going, I think we just need a better, a better riffing. And I'm like, it's in the, it's in the app. I listen to a random app. It's me going like, it's too comedy, comedy centric. I'm like, I didn't know that was in. That's in the, <laughs> the audience. They're behind the curtain. Yeah, but you know what <laughs> happens, man. You know what happens is you, you, you're like, oh, we shouldn't leave that bit in. And then we do seven minutes on the bit where you say we shouldn't leave that bit in. I'm like, well, I can't take it out. Dude, can you spot something? We will do when we come back the Ozempic thing. We'll talk about Ozempic when we come back. All right. <laughs> I tried to record like a Spanish Seinfeld bit in that cap just for a little bit. Just trying to do the sounds and cadences in Spanish, but I don't think it was good. No hablo English. I've always wondered because I've seen a stand-up get laughs without words. It's unbelievable. Just the cadences and sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like various rhythms. Crowds losing their mind. And I'm like, you literally Pavlo dog them just with sounds that you can have like, oh, what? In your hour show, oh, this is the sentimental moment and you've changed the, the sounds. <laughs> 
and people are crying. And then you're like this. I'm happy now. It's just lights, colors, and sounds. Dude, that is all reality is. Yeah. Unbelievable. The reality is just lights, colors, and sounds. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's all about the prism through which you view it. It's so basic. Man, what I was going to say before, right, is yeah. I think having the... um. That's a having the breathalyzer stick in the car. That's a good move. Yeah. To, like, there's a whole bunch of moves you can pull to get out of doing things. But if someone asks you for a ride and you're like, "Yeah, buddy, sure thing, get in," and then you're blowing into a stick before you start the engine, I do. they're like, "Oh man, maybe I maybe I'll walk actually. Like, I could. It's a I good. Do. It's well, a nice I, day." I have that with comics all the time, and it started off with saying, "No, nah, I can't drive you, man. I'm an alcoholic. I can't <laughs> kill someone in my vehicle." But then you just escalate and get to the point, no. They go, can I get a lift? And you go, no, I don't like people in my cars. I want to listen to podcasts. I don't want you in my space. (laughs) And they're like, what the fuck? And they're like, no, can you give me a lift? And I'm like, no, I don't want people in my space. How about this for a thing? Instead of a a breathalyzer, you have an eject seat. So you pulled (laughs) over and then you hit it. And you just shot off. Into the into like Inspector Gadget, and they see you high up the thing, and then you're like, "Go, go, Gadget Arms!" <laughs> Man, do you think Inspector Gadget ever used "Go, go, Gadget Arms" to jack himself off? You would, mate. You'd have to. He would have used it to try uh, stretch his penis to a, an adequate size. You know, uh-huh. like get it to six inch. Go, go, Gadget Jelking. <laughs> he would have definitely He's- used. It- <laughs> Do you know how they get those online things where, like, it's a penis pump? He would have definitely tried to use that gadget and go, to, it's just 20 minutes a day to make it look reasonable in the gym lockers. <laughs> just going to pull the cap. <laughs> go, go, gadget, longer spine. i gotta, oh, I got to get my head down there. Dude, I was, we, was, we did that bit, but it was like, because I've been talking a lot about penises. I don't know why on this last trip, because there mm. are a lot of females in the green room, so yeah. it's more fun. Yeah, yeah, but then sure. I was like, I said I had I definitely had a mate that told me he was a grower and he was a shower and it was the same joke we had done, which is the <laughs> ultimate comeuppance. Where you go, oh sorry boys, I'm a um, a shower, bit embarrassing, and it's the biggest dick you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and you just burst into tears. Hey. <laughs> Why would God do that to us? Why did God do Man, that like I don't know if that's the first question we should be screaming at the heavens. Why did God Why did God give me a penis that's the same size when it's soft as when aroused? Unbelievable. That's your first question to God. Why do you, you think it's funny? Why did you give me such a tiny dick? <laughs> Man, I wonder how many like, St. Peter's at the pearly gates and he's like, oh, no, here's another one. And it's just every every second guy is, all right, like, I have to ask you about this, man, because honestly, it's not big enough and it's been a real source of contention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've tried to do that bit about a complaint because we're in that culture now, right? Where you go to a restaurant, I complain about the Uber. I've stopped reviewing Ubers, but the feedback <laughs> on people would be so sort of conditioned to give feedback mm-hmm. and going, look, childhood was good, but what the fuck was going on with my dick? <laughs> I couldn't get it fixed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Why would you put a tiny dick on such a successful man? You <laughs> I know that that helped drive me, but I'm like, 
Uh, you know, I'm not looking for a full refund, but an extra night stay in the, the, the poolside villa or the cloudside villa wouldn't go astray, Jesus. That's how you know there's no afterlife. There's no God because no God would create a system where it, <laughs> the result of the system is he has to answer infinite questions all the time. The same questions from people over and over. Like even the most concerned people are like, why did you let... Why did you let all those kids starve in Africa? But eventually yeah, yeah. the questions do devolve to like, hey, on like on, on March 15, 1978, yeah, yeah. I, I had really bad constipation and I missed that test. Yeah, and it was what's... really bad. And I knew that and I knew that when I went to school that day I was gonna see Jessica and ask her out. And it didn't happen because I was stuck at home trying to squeeze the shit out. Dude, and, and, then, and, then, and then my buddy Rudy went out with Jessica for years and they got married. And I always thought that, that was a bit unfair. Why did that That's happen? That's unfair, Jesus. And why is Jesus trying to put us in this simulation to, to understand the meaning of existence? It's like it's like trying to teach a chimpanzee Chinese. I'm like, what's the point? He already <laughs> understands it. Whoa, oh, they finally understand the value of an orange and a banana and what it's all about. I'm like... You don't teach uh, physics to a retard. <laughs> hey, like, what's the point? We, there's really no net benefit, even if we did get inside. I'm like, we're still going to be annoying in heaven going like, oh, yeah, that's when I realised gravity was real. And he's like, oh, that's oh, such insight. And you go like, materialism's not good, God. And he goes, exactly, Andrew. You learned that over 40 years, didn't you? Not to be superficial. Aren't you a good doggy? Now fuck off away from me and let me rest. If you got into heaven, like if you if you fucking yeah. buses lo- looming down on you, you close your eyes, you open them again, and you're in, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're in the eternal afterlife. You, maybe what? Like, I reckon a week would be difficult. I reckon the first week you could keep your mouth shut and you'd be like, wow, this is amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. But after a week, maybe two, all of those questions would start bubbling up. And you would you'd be try, like you'd be whatever fucking angel you'd been assigned. You'd be asking the most annoying fucking questions. <laughs> and eventually, it would truly just digress. Five inches? What the fuck? Oh, I know. I, you would need you would need a time period allotment as long as your your natural life. Eight inches, actually. Eight, eight. Ten. To revisit every minutia, every detail of everything that happened yeah, while you yeah. were on Earth to pick apart and make complaints about. Which is the better scenario, heaven or haunting the world as a ghost? I think being a ghost better because it's like being <laughs> on Impractical Jokers because you can move shit and you can prank people. You can move shit. <laughs> well, it's like being in an episode of a prank show. Well, heaven would just be annoying. Like, heaven would be infuriating because you would have the guy there who was responsible for everything that ever yeah. happened and you would not want you would want to leave him alone and not to ask him about that one time that that horrible thing happened and you didn't oh, like dude, it's it it's like it's like that guy that we spoke of at the Minecraft originator oh no like he invented it yeah yeah he invented it all and he's super depressed and people always want to talk about what inspired this why did he do this and he's like it's just a game Fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's a, that guy, man, that guy is particularly sad because he he sold Minecraft for billions to Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, and then became a real, like, extremely online, anti-trans, alt-right dude. 
Yeah, uh, which is gr- great trolling. That's where I'm at. That's the area. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just There's kidding. a great picture he put up. He built himself a huge mansion and he put, he had yeah. a whole room. It was like a big fucking game room. And he had, uh, he had those like giant lolly dispensing things put on the walls. Yeah. Uh, so it's like kilograms of fucking cola bottles and jubes and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And he's he's like, oh, this this is a, like my my childhood dream come true. And then he posted a picture eighteen months later, uh, and because he had gone all like alt right and anti trans yeah, yeah. online, he had started really alienating people. And then the same the same room, he all of the he posted another picture, and all of the all of the lolly dispensers dispensers had been emptied because obviously they go bad, and he's not having people oh. around because he's a fucking turf who know, who hates everyone. So he had, to, he had to throw it all out, but you can see how it happens, right? Because it's the same thing that happens in school, right? You you've got it all. You've got the tw- the twelve inch dick. You're the sports <laughs> star. You've got the you've got the success. You got all A's. And then, you know, what else are you going to do? Well, it starts to be funny to start poking the weird-looking kid at the back. I'm saying <laughs> because that is how you get your adrenaline because there's no other challenges. There's no dopamine. And then you're like, it's pretty funny trying to fucking pull that kid's pants down <laughs> every time he walks past. And I'm like, so it's just pulling. JK is bored. If she had been a more mediocre writer, it makes sense to me. Yeah. She's got it all. That she wants to bully to feel something. If she was still on welfare, she wouldn't be worried about bathroom. She'd be worried about feeding her kids still. Oh, that, that's what I'm saying. So, so that bullying is, uh, is is one of the privileges that come from success, and it's something I long and look forward to. <laughs> As you build momentum, is <laughs> to pick smaller and weaker people to try feel again. As you see their tears stream out, and you look. And you poke at them or molest them or whatever you're doing. I don't know. Maybe not molest. <laughs> I mean, is there a better, is there a stronger indication that there's no happiness to be gleaned from doing well than like seeing someone uh, who started developing a little video game in their bedroom in fucking oh, yeah. 2006 and then they sell it for billions of dollars and then they're on online being angry. Like, I don't know about these oh, trans dude. people. It's like, man. Don't you have better shit to do? No, you don't have better shit to do because you're still fucking miserable. There's no one's happy. It was like that Fitzy. Remember I told you on that Bucks night where I found him in the VIP box and he was there by himself? Oh, remind remind me. It was a long story. I did. I was coked up. We went to the footy (laughs) or the cricket. I found Fitzy, Fitzy and Whipper. I found Fitzy. No, yeah, Fitzy's the, the footy one. Oh, I found him in a, the, I found him right, in a right, VIP right. room. The radio guy. Yeah, I went in there, coked up. I roasted him as if it was like uh, a TV roast. I stood there. It was one-on-one. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. I did all the quotes. <laughs> but man, imagine being in a VIP box and some insane man rolls up and like, it's great Dude. to be here tonight. I've always wanted to do a roast. <laughs> Dude, so I roasted the fuck out of him. I'm mocking him. Mocking Big Brother, mocking his life, Dude, mocking his Dude, how VIP was this booth that you were able to just wander in? So I stumble in and then eventually, so I'm drinking a beer, a pint, yelling at him, laughing my ass off, a private show to me about him. Mm. And then eventually he goes, mate, you've had your fun. Are you done? <laughs> Are you done? And I go, yeah, I reckon I am. I'll see you later and walk off. And then I just left him in the room. But you know what I mean? It was um, it was funny seeing. Do you know what I mean? Fame on the other side. It's a bit like um, 
It's like when you get to travel with work colleagues, it's never enjoyable because the company sucks. Mm. Like if you go to a restaurant with a nerd, it's not enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. The meal's only good. Do you know what I mean? You can go to Japan Disneyland with three internal audit colleagues. You're not going to have fun. So I'm like, nothing is good in that experience. And that's what I'm saying to you with these celebs. Mm. A lot of it's posturing, but it's actually you get there and you go, this sucks. Yeah. These people are boring. Yeah, the, because the, the best thing is to, the best thing is to work a like a small like a retail job, you know, like a, a, a yeah. high school retail job where it's all kids yeah. that you know and your friends and everyone's trying to fuck and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. And you're just renting DVDs, but it's the happiest you'll ever be. Dude, that is actually your that I've referred to that in the pod. That's when we were copying. DVDs at Big Dub. Both of us are describing the movie American Beauty. Oh. <laughs> it's the same like I was talking to an Uber driver because I tried to avoid it. And he was talking about how he loved travel now. And I go, yeah, travel sucks at your age because you have no risk profile so you can't really get rewards. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, like, you, you have no risk profile. I'm like, travel's only in, anything in life's only good if you're willing to take risks. I said, let me guess, you arrive... It's all sensible. I'm like, the trip sucks. And it's what, it's what you were saying about working at that store mm. where you risk it all. You copy the DVDs. You meet to, uh, your manager. <laughs> you, you don't give a fuck. She's like, I can't believe it. He is three ranks lower and he tried to force open my car in the <laughs> car park. <laughs> I think he was intoxicated. And he tried to jimmy open my car as I yelled, get away, like I'm in a wildlife park. And, and then he was up and then he, he copulated on the front of my bonnet on my car. And you know what? It's fun. Do you know that's that's an adventure, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, why, why are all these famous people addicted to substances and, uh, and, and cheating on their wives? Yeah, man. Their, their first mistake was getting a wife. That's everyone's mistake. <laughs> You don't want to latch onto other... You don't tether... In this chaotic world, the last thing you want to do is tether yourself to something else that's on firmer ground because you'll get shredded. Do well, you know yeah, what I mean? If you it's tie- sort of the, like the, the dichotomy of it is that you you only have a good time with the other people. You know, like like you were saying before. It's, it's entirely dependent on other people. Really, the whole thing is just dependent on other people when your own standing within a, uh, uh, like a 100%, but think, think of this, a relationship is like, do you know, like when a, a, a cyclone's coming or a bushfire, it's like chaining a dog to a post. It's fucking the end of it because when the wind comes, they get shredded. You can't be tethered with anyone because then when chaos comes, you can disappear. You chain yourself to something else. It's, it's guaranteed death. Do you know what I mean? Is this analogy, right? Tethering, Versus a lone wolf that tunnels under the fence and runs off during the cyclone versus getting made mincemeat because you've got a chain and you're chained to this fucking person. Mm. What I'm saying is the world is like you're floating in the water and you need to be loose and fluid with money and partners and everything. Well, it's like you were saying with with the ex de facto, uh, you you were having a great time when you were both partying and drinking and up all night. But then, as soon, when you started having the kids, it was uh, it was a problem because uh, suddenly there were responsibilities, things were difficult, and that's the thing because you could you're loose, right? 
Yeah. You walk in a bedroom, you're high on MDMA, you you think she might be getting fingered by a close friend, but you can't be sure <laughs> because you're so drug adult. <laughs> they both assure you it didn't happen and you go, yeah, probably didn't. Okay. <laughs> and that's where you end up. Whereas when you're more sensible, yeah, man. But, but you know what the thing that is funny talking to that Uber driver mm. and talking about your idea of the heyday mm. is that idea that 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 falsehood that you have to grow up and then i'm like i definitely had the best time in Havar and croatia with no money just running around trying to collect stds yeah and getting drunk and then i'm like that never has to stop the only reason it has to stop is because of once you start looking old it's embarrassing because you know like yeah. if you go if you go to a festival i went a music festival for comedy i saw dave callan uh, at a, a festival and I could see him the whole time no matter how big the crowd was you could spot him because he's so older than <laughs> everyone else he's like where's Wally there's a thousand people at every moment I could see him there because he was so visually different to anyone in the <laughs> and, and that's the sad thing and this is what's killing me with this Zempic I've got I'm wrinkled up dude you think the Ozempic's causing wrinkles? It's been so depressing for me because it's aged me. And then I'm like, I have to untag my photos now, not because I'm fat, but because I'm ugly. <laughs> it's way worse. <laughs> it was better to be fat with potential. Now I look revolting, dude. I've had to untag. And you know what killed it? It was Sam Talent's wife. I told you, did I say this on the app? Well, I think you mentioned something about a Zempic, but I don't, I don't know if you got into this bit. She said to me, she kept trying to, because everyone trying to pick my age and she guessed quite close because she's a doctor and she said, um, yeah, you've got significant wrinkling, but then what <laughs> happened is when, when, when I, um, when I looked at my, I looked at my, my, um, 90 or 80 or 90 year relative she has less wrinkles than me do you know i started looking at family photos and i'm like that woman's 87 and her forehead's less wrinkly than me so what the fuck's going on and this will go on my complaint list for god i'm gonna fucking i'm lining up i don't care how long it takes i'm gonna get my two bits out to god about my setup a Zempic fade is a term for common side effects of the type 2 diabetes medication. It can cause sagging and aging of facial skin. Fuck! A doctor may recommend lifestyle modifications or facial fillers to treat these effects. Oh, dude, that's what we need. That That's that, um, she swallowed the fly to, to catch, catch the spider. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to get onto that cycle where they go, hey, now you need plastic surgery because we fucked. You're skinny, but your face looks like Skeletor. Do you know, by the way, I just swore then, I've already, we had a complaint from the bridal lady last recording. Oh, yeah, about too much uh, too much swearing happening. I, I, she, I sent you the message, obscenities. She said it's absolutely vile. We can hear it bellowing through the wedding <laughs> studios and it's me yelling, Cosby had the right idea. Molest them all. <laughs> Fucking suck my ejaculating cock, you cunts. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, my God. I felt mortified that um, mortified that I didn't talk, uh, do more of it earlier. <laughs> I do, but it's actually going to be horrible. And you know what? The hard yarn boys think they can fix it with soundproofing. 
but they obviously haven't lived my life. Yeah. Because no soundproofing in the land has ever fixed my disputes with neighbours from London to Sydney. It's a piercing, piercing voice. The uh, whatever fre- It's a perfect frequency to... To get through solid concrete. Dude, sometimes they say, you know how they bother to put those sounds out for aliens? I reckon <coughs> I've been letting out one every 10 minutes. Do you know that? <laughs> you can hear it in the universe with a weird tinny looking alien going, reacting to me yelling, ah, fuck it all. I wonder if um, I'm having a look now. Trying to figure out why, why the azempic, uh, azempic face thing happens. Do you know what I love the most is the diabetic people that posturing as if they haven't been benefiting from this wonder drug for years. Mm. Because on the Reddit forums, they're like, actually, we don't get weight loss from it. We've been <laughs> using it purely for our meds. And I'm like, actually, you're a fat fuck. Fucking denial. You have been benefiting from this drug your whole life, you fat ass. I'm in here. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're going, it doesn't actually help us with our weight. I'm like, it clearly does, dude, because I now look like a skeleton. Well, I haven't really. I, I've stopped at the exact weight I was when uh, everything's turned bad. Like, I can't improve. <laughs> so you're just using it in an effort to recapture, uh, recapture a period of time. There's a photo of me with my my newborn on my shoulders, we're both laughing and happy. And this is the thing I actually hate about photos. They go, it's so good to remember the past. Only only if your life has been getting better. Yeah. But if, if that period was the only time you're happy... It's not a photo you want to see where you're like, you see me with him on my shoulders. It's agitating. It's frustrating. It actually is the most mortifying, sad. It popped up and I burst into tears. And I was like, photos are very destructive. They only work for people whose lives get better. It's so funny you looking at uh, photos of your own children and bursting into tears. Not because, oh, he was just a a small baby and... Like a recapture that moment. You're like, man, I looked so good. Oh my god, Beachbody, no, no, get looked, it back. No, 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 no. It was not that. It was because I was, I had, I still had an element of joy in me. Yeah, I used to make laugh. I used to try and make people laugh, not cry. I was happy. I can see in my face. I was like. I was doing accent work and hitting minorities, but in a playful way. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke. That's a joke. Keep walking. Ozempic face is nothing special about Ozempic. And there's no, it's not, it's not Ozempic, man. It's just losing weight. Fat loss makes your face sag. Like the fat in your face is gone. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to do with the drug. If you lost weight, by going for a run every day, it that. would be the same issue. How good is that? That's God saying, you don't get to hack my programming. Well, no, 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 no. It's, it's, not, it's not hacking the programming. It's, it's like, uh, either way, you're getting, you're, this is what your face looks like without fat in there. No, that, what I was saying, God says, no one gets to de- deny my five-inch dick that I wanted on you. So, yes, you can lose weight using a wonder drug, but you're going to look ugly and 90 years old. Yeah. Because you are a kicking, you're, you're a, a pinata on this world. You're someone that gives rich people levity. You don't get to improve. <laughs> so someone like me, I get to be skinny witch now. I look like fucking witch of East Brunswick. Yeah. 
but there's no there's no uh there's no weight loss method that's gonna not affect your face like that like this is your face it's like this is your life but this is your face yeah. <laughs> we're taking a look at your face and without the uh without the fucking turkey stuffing behind it to keep it smooth dude. it actually makes you realize that once you're in your late 70s it's important to have weight on your in uh, fat makes you better skinny yeah. looks shocking yeah there's a there's a balance to strike between looking fat and looking gaunt because i went to my son's uh sports carnival the long jump and whatnot and there's a guy that looked like steve monaghetti the long distance runner and i said like, I, I think he thinks he looks hot but he looks like that guy on the cigarettes pack right looks like you brian, know that guy yeah. that he looks like fucking brian but i was saying it was funny seeing um he or his personality also lined up with that because a kid threw something and and fell and then she laughed at herself we laughed my boy laughed i laughed mocking her like laughing <laughs> and then he he called a stop to it and said everyone like there's very angry there's a little bit of respect you don't treat humans like this oh my fuck and i was sort of looking at my boy ah get on with it it's Call of the Wild, Survival of the Fitness, Shabber on the Train Tracks. <laughs> but, um, dude, I was wondering about it, though, because they're, they're not that competitive in this. And I'm like, is it better to learn that you're a loser at 8 or at 18 or 38? Do you know, either way, you can't deny your biology. Would you rather have the comfort of your mum and dad who can get you an ice cream when you realise you're mediocre mm. at seven years old? Or is it better to string it out and end up at 47 on SSRIs with a counsellor finally explaining to the fact that you're just not that bright. You're not that good at sport. I think the worst thing is to build the kid up. And uh, it's that, like, it's the thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's being in the gifted programs and thinking like, oh, man, like I, I could do anything I want in this world. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then finishing school and realising that there were 30 other kids just in your gifted program and you're fucked that's what i said to my son i'm like no one's winning today right i said there's ten thousand there's hundreds of schools around i said mark my words no one here is good <laughs> i said there's a somalian boy there's a somalian refugee smoking any of you so don't get a fucking ego around any victory <laughs> on this shitty field <laughs> there's at least five i said at any moment there's a thousand kids in western australia better than everyone in this school and everything so I said, you just do the best you can on your own standards, but whatever you do, don't pack to the herd mm. and start taking pacing with these guys. I'm like, because your gifted program is not a gifted program in Asia. In Asia, they're teaching you how to make dim sum because you're not going to be working on the space shuttle. Do you know what I mean? In some places in Asia, they are forcing you to pick cotton um, in a in a concentration camp that's what i love about in china because they they early herding so your son will just basically immediately be put on a cotton field oh i was just talking about even... the genocide of the uyghur people oh. <laughs> man i found out i found out that 80 percent of cotton produced in china comes from yeah. slave labor in those internment camps in Xinjiang. 80 percent and it begs the question why aren't they picking up and getting that last 20% picked up? <laughs> Who's doing that work? They Who's almost dominate the market entirely. They should have the monopoly. <laughs> it's very it's very weird that 20% is left for the free market. Like, What's going on? 
What are, what are they, they? It sounds like someone's getting a weekend. Twenty percent. That's two days off. The financial models would suggest that it would be a hundred percent. You're not. It's it's free labor. It actually denies economics, right? It's supply demand and and uh, uh, the, the wage thing. To get to eighty percent is unusual. It should have penetrated the whole hundred percent. It's weird that you got a price differential, paying no one and whipping them with chains, and then you would stop at eight out of ten. Well, there's yeah, pick. there's twenty percent. Uh, 20% of the cotton picked in China is ethical. The rest of it is, wow. is slave labor. Well, you know what? I would. I think the softest fans are that 80%. I wouldn't touch the 20%. <laughs> that's for the privilege. <laughs> but I, want... I think that's the correct thing is for... If you can encourage, if you can encourage uh, the fat one and the regular one to only measure the, like, their success against internal uh, like markers. Yeah. Well, dude, that, that, that's what they do with the cotton pickers in China because what happens is at eight, they go, he's not doing the space shuttle or he's not going to do the next nuclear bomb. So they put them in the cotton picking world and they become the fastest cotton picker of, of all star. the eight-year-olds and they build and their parents are proud going, you're a beautiful cotton picky. You're a good picker. <laughs> and she goes, I'm one of the best pickers ever. And then you're only around pickers. You don't have any idea that you don't understand math and you can't write. You just know that you pick like a motherfucker. Hey, that you got picky fingers. But I thought that was the thing in uh, where the pressure is on to uh, to be the best academically and to yeah, yeah to succeed in university, and that's why they're working the you know fourteen hour days of schooling. Yeah, but I think I think that that's just the PR, right? That's the the top the one percent. You know, it's the ninety nine percent. All know, you know. They lead with their front foot. The vast majority of them are working populars of morons. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I it's think yeah, I, mean, I think exercise. I think like South Korea and Japan probably that's a like that might be the standard. I don't know. I don't know what the model is in China. Maybe it is a brave new world. I don't think the standards would be huge. That cotton picker, but for living in China, would have been a, a mathematician in Australia. I think there's dumb people everywhere. Really, do you think? It's like ruling that line. Where's that good line? Do you know I saw a great poster where it was a Peter ad and it goes, where does the line end? And it showed like the animal kingdom. Where does the line end? And it showed, and then someone drew a line right where the horse was. And I'm like, there. (laughs) (laughs) There it ends. We don't need need dog and horse. I'm like, chicken, beef, pig. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Where does the line end? There. We'll fuck a pig up, okay? So fuck you. And I was like, oh, that is so funny because they, they've obviously watched Babe Pig in the City and thought it's, a, it's got a personality. But it's very clear for humans that Babe could – Babe's cut back on bacon eating, though. Did you hear that? Like after Babe, there were less people eating pork products. Yeah, but only for a few weeks because human are fickle. Yeah, while it's in the box office and then everyone forgets. I've heard that chickens. Uh, I haven't met a lot of chickens, but the ones I have met do do seem to be quite stupid. And people say they are the fucking dumbest animal. Pigs, yeah, I feel yeah. bad for. Like that's the one where I feel it. Maybe actually, probably cows as well. I feel a bit bad for. Yeah, and look, you do feel when they sort of humanize it and screeching as they die. Yeah, I mean ethically, like 
ethically, I agree with veganism, but I'm you know, I, I do. I'm but a also weak maybe man. The, I think it might be the surprise of it. If you had made them aware earlier that they were going to slaughter, I think it's the fact that they thought they were heading out to the paddock and then they get stabbed. If someone had prepared me, <laughs> if they prepared me, and I knew that ultimately I my, I would I get to eat. Um, Corn in this cage, and then eventually I'll be killed. One day I would have. Do you know what I mean? It's like a death sentence. You get, you got to give them a last supper, a last meal. Maybe you won't have as such yelling when that you trick them. You whisper in its ear and go two days left before we fucking slash you. You want your last meal? I did think there would be more lab-grown meat by now. It's 2023. Like it's been 10 years since they've been talking about the lab growing meat and they're like we've made a burger it's it's on its I way i think it's so delicious people can't stop eating it it never gets out of the factory <laughs> cr- it's too cr- young <laughs> they go, they go, it's so moorish we never sell the shit <laughs> the damn scientists keep eating they keep making steak sandwiches we can't resist where's the meat we're gonna sell some of it but it makes the most sense you know like it's if it's a it's like vertical farming if you can if you can grow up instead of sideways, if you can reduce the like the amount of land required to to make the meat. But imagine if there was some biology in it, and we didn't realize that there was a sociopath or something in it, where like we're like, yeah, it tastes amazing, but there's just something not yeah. right. Like, like the secret ingredient with every good steak is it like terror? It's, it's a little bit of heart. It's a little bit of love. Yeah. <laughs> dude, and and then you're saying like you're like. Yeah, I'm sort of vegan now. And they go, but dude, they got all the factory grown meat. And I'm like, I don't know. It just wasn't doing for me knowing that there hadn't been a fucking <laughs> that, that, that's the move. Crime. That's the move is when they, when they finally do eliminate uh, actual like yeah. cattle, the, the, the animal meat industry, and it's all lab grown. It's to go vegan. I don't know what it is. I just don't. I really, I really hate lab growing meat. <laughs> and you're just like, there's something primal about just knowing that it was pulled with a coat over its head and shot there. They really, dude. It would actually become very generic and bland because if it's just coming out like spam, like spam doesn't interest me. What you want, man, is you want to. The best lab growing meat is going to be the lab growing meat produced in the Xinjiang internment camps. That's the yeah, lab-grown yeah. meat. You're like, yeah, the, there's a bit of slave labor in the supply chain. And now it tastes good. The yeah, suffering's yeah. Put, been put oh, back into the awesome. meat. Awesome. Awesome. You have to have small children canning it, hey, <laughs> yeah. bottling it. So you have to at least have someone that should have potentially had a life that's now in a darkened room <laughs> pumping jello into sausage containers hey, <laughs> without a break. So you can still achieve that. By having Ying Yong Yong, Ying Yong Yong, filling water, by, water uh, uh, balloons with uh, Jello meat. Dude, the thing is, what what would it look like? Do they have to keep it like steak, or could you make it like Minecraft and little different shapes? This is the simulacra thing that we were talking about, like the simulated yeah. reality. Because at first, the lab grown meat is going to be a simulation of steak bacon chicken yeah, yeah, all of yeah. that stuff it's going to be that but eventually it'll be well we've got uh like we've got fun shapes you know like they yeah. would have uh in the 90s they were really big on uh weird shaped prepackaged foods or they would have green tomato sauce oh dude unbelievable so you get it a dodecahedron just in a bag yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fucking yeah. ripper that's the next stage and you're like oh, i love all the angles and they're like what the fuck 
And you're like, yeah, it's like this weird multifaceted, uh, I, I'm trying to think of sort of shapes you see on DMT. Yeah, well, don't, don't, even, don't even worry about the shape. Just think, like, we're trying to emulate the taste of beef and pork and chicken. Oh, that's it. But what about when, uh, when it's, well, this is like, this is a honey flavored pig. Oh, dude. But then it's like, this is a raspberry. It's raspberry meat. It's, or it's a oh, this, mate, I, this is a this is dinosaur meat. This is what it would have tasted like to suck off a oh, plesiosaurus, dude. And it could just be like a yellow puff, like looks like a fart, and you suck that in, and you don't even know what the flavor is. Inhalation meat. Yeah, you inhale <laughs> it. Someone sort of it's blown out of a pipe. It's like a fart dust, and you go and, <laughs> and you suck it. In. It's yellow, and it tastes like a weird diesel mixed with some fucking. <laughs> shit you know like money it tastes like money i don't know but you know what i mean like you don't know what your true precavularities proclivity proclivities are mm. until they're satiated so who knows what might titillate <laughs> titillate and excite what was his name heston blumenthal blemthal he used to do that heston. yeah heston blumenthal yeah, yeah. So That's he would the do Master those. Chef guy, is that right? He would do those fantasies where it was sort of like an actual virtual garden, and you can eat the meat, you can eat the anus, whatever yeah. the fuck it was. And um, I'm saying it would become like that, and you would eventually, you know what I mean? You would eat eat the curtains in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? It'd be very exciting just to eat animals that you never thought you'd get a chance to eat. Like, I wonder what that oh, tastes like. Just crazy stuff, and just um, you could just. You think about it, actually physical things would be cool. Like you eat a couch. <laughs> How are you eating you a couch? To... What you... What's happening with the couch? It's made out of their meat. It looks like a couch and you can just bite into it. It tastes like a hamburger. And you just basically, <laughs> you can watch TV like a couch potato and you eat the leg of the seat and it tastes like fucking mincemeat. What you want is to capture in the lab meat uh, like feelings, emotions. So you have, so you have a bite oh, of dude, the burger, and you feel, uh, you feel nostalgic for something. Or... No, dude, it makes the squeeze, the shrilling that you hear in an abattoir to remind you. So as you bite into it, <laughs> it, it yells in pain. So you can eat a couch, and it's screeching like you're, uh, you're degrading it. You can hear it. The final sound that they used to capture when pigs were slaughtered. And if you bite, you get that muscular, <laughs> stop, stop. Imagine if your food yelled, stop, stop. You're going to kill me. Stop, stop. You're going to kill me. And you go, you're too Moorish. And it's a bag of chips. You're literally going to kill me. You're killing me and my family. Lick the lips. But just imagine you bite into something and it's like, what does it taste like? It tastes like, it tastes like a tastes like getting a job promotion you know it tastes like sunset oh that is amazing it tastes like hearing uh hearing an opera for the first time oh it tastes like my uh, my mum's alive again yeah, hey. yeah. <laughs> it tastes like a hug from mum it tastes like dad survives leukemia <laughs> Maybe that's, too, that's, too that's it man that's the that's where you want lab meat to go you want to be able to capture emotion you want to uh, that's truly because so no, no one's going to give a fuck about uh about how ethical the supply chain is oh, dude. it's about how cost effective it is or what what uh, other value adds are included in the meat dude they haven't even thought of that right because there's so many dopamines 
and um, things that can be triggered. Mm. It should be like a very visceral, it shouldn't just be, oh, do you know, because it's so weird that you just chew and put it in your thing. It should be like psychedelic in a way. So dessert is ice cream and then you're seeing like weird, the the elf people telling <laughs> you that your mum's going to be all right. And you're like, that is a good Snickers bar. I'll tell you that, motherfucker. I saw 19 elf people. I felt like I got ejaculated and then I felt it hit my stomach. Because it is weird, like, because we've always spoken about that, like, what satiates you with food? Because you get it in your mouth, swallow mm. it, but then bulimics will throw it back up. I'm like, did they get the reward or is there something about it sitting in your stomach? Because I always, the dream was always to pipe outside of your stomach, right? To have yeah. it disconnected so you yeah. could just drain it into the street. Yeah. Just eat what you wanted. But then I'm like, is it the fulfillment? Is it that feeling of fullness that gives you food? Or can it all be visual? Like, do you know what I mean? Like licking, you know, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he licks that wall. Does that actually achieve much? I always felt like those scratch and sniff stickers didn't do much. Yeah, that, that does seem like edging, you know? It's you're never yeah, quite yeah, yeah, you there. don't get to come. But then I'm like, imagine food mixed with. Um, psychedelic or or like emotional experiences because yeah. that is why you eat right because the main reason you i like salt and vinegar chips is because my granddad used to give them to me mm-hmm. and then i'm saying so you've got you could now that we, they can manufacture you could you don't need to go oh, nana used to give me apple pie that's why i associate it they just infuse the feeling of nana apple pie when you eat it and you're like oh this is amazing dude because Absolutely. it's, it's it, it can just trigger the, the same dopamines receptors that, that your dumb primate brain's doing just from memory. Now you get a, a you know, a hamburger and you're in tears because, you know, you're, you were popular in high school. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you bite into a chicken sandwich and it's essentially a, a therapy, uh, a therapy oh, session. Like you're like, oh, I, I feel like I'm there with, I feel like I'm there with Dr. Jim. Um, oh, oh. oh um, we're talking about how Uncle Dave came in and he it was really late at night and you're crying and tears coming yeah, out. Yeah, you're like, yeah. what's going on? It's like, oh, I'm having a I'm having a regressive therapy sandwich for lunch. Oh, dude, unbelievable! <laughs> and then you go like, come on, have this bag of salt and vinegar chips, and you're like, I'm in the fairground now. And you can just move between all the motions, and then you go have some fairy floss. Oh, I'm in love. I have connection. I have a life partner. Dude, that's amazing. I'm having dad used to hit me, Luxa. Dude, what an amazing <laughs> link because the idea of just having food that's going to be on that rudimentary simulation just steak when you can actually replicate Nana's fruit box or apple pie and you can actually simulate and add emotion to the food, which is what you're already getting. Because you know when you get the chalk milk, it's because you used to get little chalk cartons at mm. school. Mm. And it, maybe that was the time people didn't bully you because they were handing out the chalk milkers to everyone else and they're all <laughs> distracted by their chalk milks. And it was a brief moment of peace without having your head shoved down the toilet. And you're like, I really, I, I connect with chocolate. But to be able to replicate, and that is a brave new world. And you know what? I don't know what vegans are going to do because once food progresses to that level, I'm like, what a waste of a life chatting about this for so long when we're getting fucking LSD fruit pops. Do you know what I mean? This is crazy. Well, I don't think there's any reason to be a vegan at that point. That's You can be a vegan and have lab-grown meat. That's perfect. No, no, yeah, but I'm saying like to have fought the fort. Oh, so glad that your great 
Aunt Glenda fought for pigs, which no longer exists now because we're eating fucking <laughs> DMT cookies. <laughs> what the fuck? What a weird uh, lean to the yesteryear. Because this is what I always said. Like, if we evolve enough, these fucking rudimentary animals, like, what, what, where are they going to be, dude? Man, that was something they were, they posited in, I don't know, like the late 2000s. They wanted to start farming kiwis because the kiwi is obviously endangered. Yeah. And they thought, well, why don't why? we? Well, I don't know if it was they. It was some fucking lunatic from the South Island. It was like, let me farm them. I'll farm the kiwi. We can eat them. Dude, but I just don't understand, like, what... Where's their place, right? We're going to be all on VR headsets, ejaculating into ice baths, and you've got chickens running around? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> you've got chickens in your fucking medical... We, we, we're in our medical centre having DMT... Carrots, and we've like you got a pig and a chicken running around shitting into your ice bath. I'm like, what's going on? There's no place for them. They're un, they're unevolved. Mm. I mean, the level of damage that we that humans have done to international systems of like ecology, like it, it is, ah. it's it's tremendous. It's uh, it's unwind backable. If you look, if you look at the the speed of technology and the curve that we're on. Mm. There is no place for a fucking chicken in the next thousand years. There's not chickens coming on a rocket going like, ah, oh, I wish we hadn't killed off the chickens. You know, we've done it before. You're not on Pluto going, you know what this place needs? A couple of chickens to wander around. I'm like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? I'm like, you play with the virtual fucking chicken, dude. What are you doing? As the scope changes, the... The importance of of uh, of different things changes as well, right? Like, yeah, hundred percent. For a society that exists on on this one planet, and that's all we've got, it's very important that ecosystems continue to function. Oh, for, yeah, but, but I'm assuming we move out. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, as as we uh, if we become a galactic civilization. Uh, we have that ability. Well, then oh, the they, scope they... of what's important with chickens and fucking that changes completely. It's like uh, the British Empire or Christopher Columbus. It's about where are we in currently in England, in wet, soddy England, and we haven't even explored the universe, or is this the totality of what we know? And if this is the totality, I'm all for conserving stuff. But if we are to explore the multiverse and everywhere else and the fifth dimensions. I don't think we need a talking stick and a fucking chicken. <laughs> hey, speaking, do you know what I mean? Well, there will be people. There'll be people who will be conserving fucking chickens still. Oh yeah, yeah, like Pokemon cards. But like the focus will be on uh, we we've finally managed to turn make Neptune habitable. There'll be like collectors' items because you would go to. Dimension 746 and you go to a weird like little pod hub and there's a crazy man with a chicken and you'd lose your shit. Yeah. Going, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Dude, that's like an original Pokemon. I mean, I'll give you a lot of space jelly to touch that. I will give you nine gallons of space jelly to touch that thing, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, there are still people who have... Like the original Star Wars figurines from 1977, and they're in their box, mint condition. Like those people exist. It's it's fine. The chicken's going to be okay. Do you think? Can you imagine being a psychiatrist for someone that had 
Star Wars collectibles. Yeah, that would be pretty good as a psychiatrist to sit down with someone and, you know, after after two or three sessions, you're like, look, I don't know what exactly we're going to do to fix your mental health yet, but I do know that you need to throw these fucking Funko Pops in the bin. I'll be like, hey, man, I don't want to... I know you're six, but figurines for an adult? <laughs> <laughs> do you think that might be... That might be blocking you. What I want you to do is bring your Pokemon cards in next time because I'm going to fucking burn them. <laughs> do you think that'd be you? that might be blocking you, the fact you've got a He-Man collection? <laughs> Look, burning them is not going to help, but it's going to make me feel a lot better. <laughs> I feel sad talking to you. I reckon if I rip the heads off some of your figurines... <laughs> your, your My Little Kitty... Clock collection might be blocking you and your ability <laughs> to know yourself. <laughs> it's definitely a symptom, not the source. But man, oh, dude. you know what? Like you don't, you don't not burn off the wart, right? Like you burn the wart off. So we're gonna start with these fucking warts, man. You can get you can get two um, the other way because my my son was saying to me, yeah, uh, Nan, my my mum, she goes, she gets too uh, attached to possession. Because I've taught him that and it's like, but then we went yesterday and we bought like this egg that you can put in the bath <laughs> at, that will grow bigger and bigger, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying they just, they just dropped it on the ground and then one stood on, them, stood on it, it smashed, we all laughed and we just kept walking. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, we are incorrigible in a way. Like we actually have no value on anything. Do you know what I mean? I'm like... We should have at least put it in the bath and see it get big, but suddenly we were titillated by the idea of just destroying it wanton for no reason. Actually became funnier to us than actually... And then I said, I don't know if I've helped them. They should have... I said, I then tried to explain to them, I said, you still should treat things with respect. I just said, don't emotionally invest into possessions. I said, you shouldn't just be disregarding things and, and treating them... You, you know what I mean? Well, like, it's hard like, to flip 180 and try and encourage uh, opposite behavior after so many years of, of training. I, I just told them, do not emotionally invest in possessions. They're, it's, a, a, it's a fool's game. When I moved from Christchurch to Canada, I had a, like a drawer full of stuff, cards and just little trinkets, whatever, sentimental things yeah. from being a kid. And I threw them all out because I was taking everything with me. Uh, yeah. and then when I was back in New Zealand, my dad, my, I, it came up and my dad was like, well, I went and got all of it and I've put it in a box oh my and gosh, I've got it got and it. I'll send it to you. And I was like, what do you mean you'll send it to me? He's like, it's in a chest. And I was like, well, I hope that, I hope the chest fits in a fucking bin dad. Cause as soon as it gets here, that's where it's going. Oh, you're the best. He's like, well, no, you can't do that. <laughs> well, you, what do you like? You're holding on to it. You... It, you can't give it to me because if, if you give it to me, I'm going to throw it away. So yeah, you can't yeah, yeah. save it for me. You just have to hold on to it now. And to what end? Because no, when yeah, you're 100%. in the ground, that fucking chest is going in the land. Yeah, it's going in the bin. It's like what I said to my dad. He's got all these possessions. And I'm like, you know, these are going in the bin. Soon as you- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but but you know what the thing is? It's interesting because it's, it's what happened in the divorce. And you, you see it with floods and house fires. People are devastated. They've lost all this hoarded shit. Mm. But then you see it quickly swap with this feeling of elation and freedom. Like not having photos and this relief of like, oh my God, I don't have to fucking cart around my little kitty clocks anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like you're tethered to these things. 
there's actually no greater feeling than going into your basement and realizing your entire childhood memories are destroyed by mildew and yeah. throwing it out. Well, because what what that's what I kept saying to him. Like, what am I going to do with it? Like, what am I going to do with this? chest full of tat you you know what you're gonna do you're gonna live in the past and linger in nostalgia rather than going and creating new memories and new moments which is what we're now selling we got a new book called new memories and new moments it's a self-help book that we're selling well it's weird that we're selling it do you know what i love is when uh, a self-help guy has a mythology like of non-possessions and all that but they still have to try get money do you know when when, when, like The, the marketing of it belies the entire ethos. And they're like, yeah, just ignore the fact that it's a pyramid scheme. But, like, it's not about possessions. It's not all about money. I'm like, well, give me the book for free then. Yeah, it's not about possessions, but you are carting around thousands of copies of this book to your fucking speaking tours. you got giant boxes arriving. Yeah. You can't get anywhere without them. It wrecks uh, minim- minimalist. But mm. you've got a team of 50 shipping containers selling useless DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you just got to hope that no one pieces together the big fucking flaw in the, the theory, the fact that it's a total scam. Should, should we have a break now, man? We should have a break. Oh, well, the last thing I was going to say on that was uh, it's, the, it's the thing with photos. Yeah. My dad has the same thing where it's like, well, it's not the, it's not the same as having the physical photo. I said something about... Um, digitizing a bunch yeah. of photos to keep, yeah, you know, yeah. to have them uh, s- saved and safe in case something happens. It's like, but it's not the same as having the original photo. I was like, no, it's much fucking better. <laughs> what you, it's way better. <laughs> what do you mean? It doesn't fade. And, and, and also the thing is, you've got to run it the clock forward. The mm. photos are only for you and maybe one generation forward. Three in, no one cares. I mean... I just, I, I just don't understand why you think, like, if I look back now at my great, great, great granddad, why I'd look at his photo, I'd be interested to see whether he, like, you know, maybe what he looked like. Well, because it's one of two things. Either it's utility or it's hoarding. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. it's hoarding, it's keeping the photos. If it's utility, then it's being able to access and look at, like, if you're interested about your great granddad, you can look online or in whatever fucking storage. You've got yeah, the photo yeah, yeah. there and you can go, oh, that's what, that's the thing that I was trying to remember. There it is. I can see it. But I assume all the photos of your great granddad are in a fucking photo book at the bottom of a, uh, like a box yeah. somewhere in some fucking storage container or an attic. You can find it. And then it's like, well, it's a weird conundrum, right? Because you don't, you, you can end up, you're trying to connect through Ancestry.com with a great-great-granddad and their cousin's currently alive you haven't spoken to in 30 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> your yeah. own sister you don't really even say hello to on Christmas lunch. Yeah, you're screening your phone calls. You're trying to connect with a candlestick maker from the 1400s? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You fucking... Anyway, we better go, dude. Right, yeah, let's take five. Let's take five, eh? Like and subscribe. Dude, dude, people can tell that I'm mocking when I go like and subscribe. I'm always trying to like do it in the voice that those people do it. Um, no, it, it sounds so genuine and serious, man. Oh, like and follow, share with your friends. Five-star reviews, they really help. Yeah. Help us get the, the movement out. How long? The five? Just bomb, five? Or do you, need to, do you need to go get lunch? Dude, I've got to... Um, I, I, maybe 10 minutes because okay. basically I've got nowhere to be. 
So I'm happy to like 20 minutes and then we can do an, uh, another four hour and then another four hour. I'd like to do a, a marathon where we eventually whittle away the whole audience. We're just live stream <laughs> until it's just you and I left. And I'm like, hold, hold. And they go, Eric just went offline. We're free. We killed them all. Leveraging your home, margin personal loans, hedged by put contracts, holding 15 overexposed bad positions, looming threat of liquidation.